0: 2022, and we are back with brand new episodes of the Two Shot Podcast. It's all very exciting. How are you? How's January treating you? Hey, how did Christmas treat you? Did you have a nice time? Did you rest? Were you stuck in the kitchen? Did you see your loved ones? Did you stay safe? Was it a sad time? Was it a happy time? That's a lot of questions, in not it? Don't, don't worry, I'm sure you're sick of answering all those questions when you've been reuniting with your work colleagues and your friends, but look, I hope everything was calm and I hope January is giving you a lovely warm cuddle in these cold, cold days. But we are back for lovely warm episodes each and every Thursday. Now, look, just just come here. So, over the next coming weeks, you are going to see and hear certain changes to the podcast. Now, look... It is going to still be the same two-shot podcast that you know and love and that you've supported since 2017. Can you believe we've been doing this since 2017? Bonkers. So, look, one of the first changes that I'm going to tell you about that you're going to see over the next few weeks is when you are scrolling back and you're searching for episodes that you might have missed, you'll go, wait a minute, I never knew the two-shot podcast was split into seasons. Yeah. That's one of the first things we're doing. We have gone back through the archives since 2017, and we have split into seasons. I didn't know what I was saying then. I've split it into seasons. So each season consists of roughly around 20 episodes. It is going to be manageable for you to scroll back, look at who you've missed, jump to season two, go to season three, go back and revisit episodes should you want and need to. Also, for us, it sets manageable goals. So we're kicking off with our first season is going to consist, again, of 20 episodes. So when I introduce this week's guest, which is Gary Usher, and I say, this is Gary Usher, season nine. Episode 8 of the Two Shot Podcast. You're not going to go, Craig, what are you talking about? Because that's what we are. We're in to season 9, and this is episode 8, with a part 2 of Gary Usher, but more of that in a second. Um, What else are you going to expect? Well, look, there's a, a fair few things that I can't tell you right now, okay? You just have to trust me and keep an eye and an ear out, and I will let you know when it's ready. Okay. One of the questions I can answer, a lot of people have been asking about live shows. Now, it's something that myself and producer Griff have spoken about. It's something that we really want to do this year. Our aim is to get out there, see you all, and do some live shows and meet some great people, have some great guests. Mm -hmm. When are we going to do that? We're going to do that when it's a little bit safer. Okay, you with me on that. Let's do it when we can all be in the same room and we can be comfortable and people aren't worried. Okay, let's do that. But I assure you, it's in the post. What else is coming up this year? Well, as I say, a lot of exciting things. It's still going to be the same two-shot podcast, just bigger, brighter, and a little bit shinier. So that's where we are in 2022. Let's go back two years ago when some would say foolishly cooked for Gary Usher, the award-winning chef um, here in the Northwest. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I do urge you to stop what you're doing and listen to that before you dive into this and get some backstory. It's not about me cooking for Gary and him liking it, although that was the highlight of my not only podcast career, just career full stop really. Um, But it's a great episode. It's a lot of people's favorites. You really get to grips with who Gary is. Um, He doesn't pull any punches. Uh, Certain people... Uh, yeah, we were worried that we were going to get some sort of um, injunctions against us after that episode, but he's Cracker, and it's a great episode. So um, with, you know, the past 18 months that the hospitality industry has had, we wanted to go straight to the horse's mouth and see how it was for our friend Gary Usher. So he said, why don't you come down to Carla On King Street in Manchester, which is one of his restaurants, it was closed that day. But the uh, chefs were they were prepping and they were testing. So he said, "Come down and we'll set up some mics." And then we got down to it, as you're going to hear now. And we had a fantastic time with him. It was great to see him again, and for everybody bouncing back. Um, And then his lovely chefs cooked us all a nice bit of dinner. We didn't record that. Don't worry. Suffice to say, it was delicious. And this is a delicious episode with the mighty Gary Usher. This is season nine, episode eight of the Two Shot Podcast. With the incredible Mr. Gary Usher. I'll see you at the end. Um, Now, I'm not hot on dates. I haven't got my diary in front of me. But I think it's around this time, two years ago, when... You snuck into my, you didn't sneak into my hotel room. I invited you in, and we had our first conversation. That's like two years, Gary. Two
1: years ago, and you know, I I feel like it's been a whole lifetime of events <laughs> since. Yeah, the ups and the downs in that two years is <sighs> monumental. I was
0: going to say. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Uh, listeners know that I tend not to focus on any sort of. Uh, speak of the pandemic and the apocalypse and all that, but I think we do really need to get into uh, how it's affected you and because you, you know a lot of people have found it tough with one restaurant, but you're juggling six.
1: Yeah, it would be it would be almost impossible to have a chat about the uh, last and two not years.
0: mention it. Yeah, yeah,
1: about the last two years because it's been. It has been, that's been my life for the last two years. So the, the restaurants and the pandemic has been, has been, has been everything. It's been completely all consuming. There's Mm. been nothing else that I could think about or be involved in other than what, how the pandemic has affected every single day of my life and and every single day in the business. So, yeah, it would be really difficult not to talk about. It. I mean, it doesn't have to all be. No, no, no. Uh, it's not. It's everything that's happened isn't negative. There's been huge ups as well as the massive downs. So, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be. You know, there's no there's no kind of sob story with it, and there's no there's no you know it doesn't have to be deep, dark, and depressing. I mean, there has been times like that, we'll get
0: we'll get there yeah, at some yeah. point. I'm it sure. doesn't
1: have to be all about that because actually some of the stuff that's happened because of the pandemic has been a it, it's been a blessing in disguise. It's actually some of the stuff has made the business stronger, so there is
0: ups to. Well that is positive, but let's 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 start with negatives. <laughs> I mean it, I mean it's always, you know, in everybody's life and business it's all about problem solving um, and I'm thinking, you know, oh, well considering what I do when I'm not interviewing people you're constantly solving problems on set because certain things haven't panned out the way that you wanted it to but i don't know what could have prepared you for what happened with everything being shut down
1: nothing <laughs> <laughs> nothing <laughs> <laughs> i yeah problem so i mean look i need i you know when we spoke last time i was i I don't think I've ever been as honest with with anybody as I was with you. So I'd like to continue in the same vein, if that's okay, and just be completely honest about it. Absolutely, please do. The first thing I did when all the restaurants closed was I just gave up. So the first thing I did was I just gave in, and I just said that I don't want to do it anymore. And I made a few calls, and um, after speaking to my accountant and my solicitor about the situation that I was in, I just, I just gave up, and I, and I wanted the business to close. And I think, I don't think I would have been self-destructive about it, but I was really hoping that that would be just what happened, and that I could just get it away from me and not have it, not have the responsibility of, you know, the 150 people in the business, and, yeah. and the feeling that um, everything is, everything is just, the, everything's going to close anyway. I just wanted to get rid of it, so I, I did, I did give up. There's no point in me telling you that. Um, you know, we've got through this so far because of some, uh, you know, uh, fighting spirit that I've got because I didn't have any. So yeah, I wanted, I wanted the business to close down.
0: Would you say that was, you were at your lowest? Yes. There?
1: Yeah, that was the lowest. Yeah. So that was probably, that was probably April, 2020. So, yeah. uh, all the, all the restaurants closed down. Um, well, they were forced to close. So all the restaurants closed down and, um, we started making phone calls, and Claire, the MD who runs the business um, was you know making as many calls and trying to solve as many financial issues as possible, so everything from trying to uh, stop any financial um, uh, commitments that we have, you know any regular payments that we have, speaking to well the landlord's part was was my part trying to speak to the landlords and get them to help us with. Um, the rent, to stop paying rent if we could, or to have a time out on it.
0: How did that work out? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: Shit. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Craig? We're sat in Carla right now in Manchester, yeah. and, um, and this is the restaurant that I worried about the most because it's the highest rent within the group. You know, it's because, sitting,
0: of, because of its location. It's We're right King, on King
1: Street. King yeah. Street, Manchester. It couldn't be any more prime. So this is the highest rent. This was the one I was most worried about. And actually, this was the newest restaurant this is the restaurant and these are the landlords that have they've just stepped in and they've just they've 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 just been there for us and they've just said listen relax just chill out everything that you don't everything that you worry about with us don't we're here to help you get through this don't worry about rent don't worry about don't don't they just helped us they just wow. yeah I, look every landlord is in a different position so i don't look at other landlords and and the ones that didn't or couldn't help in that way I don't look at them and think you know fuck you know why couldn't they do the same because everybody is in a different situation you don't know what you know there could be a landlord that only has one property and that's the one that you're renting off them so it could be their livelihood Mm. I doubt that's the case but that can happen so I don't look at it in that way but the landlords here have been amazing so in that respect it's been amazing but so we we continued with everything that we could to try and stop money going out, basically. But the thing is with a restaurant and the thing is with a business, you don't work day to day in terms of... You don't, you don't pay for everything at the end of the day and then you start again. You have months and months of of payments ahead. So... Things don't stop, they carry on. So, just because you stop selling food and just because money stops going through the till, that doesn't mean money stops going out. Mm. So, we were in a situation where we were looking at the financials for the next few months. And, you know, this is before the government stepped in and spoke about bounce back loans or Sybils or, you know, even, you know, councils helping. This was before any of that. So, yeah, I phoned the, I phoned. My solicitor phoned my accountant and I said, Look, what's going to happen to me? Do you think? I don't mean I don't, that sounds really selfish, but I just wanted to know personally where I stood with everything. Yeah, and and the and the both of them basically said, You're pretty much fucked. So, um, yeah, and that was sound bad saying that, but that was the reality of it, and that was the truth. That's not me exaggerating, and that's not me putting them in a bad light for giving me doomsday advice. No,
0: but it is terrifying, that's
1: what it was. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was in a really, a really dark place at that moment in yeah, March, April 2020. So I pretty much gave up and I wasn't very much used to anybody that I was working with. So particularly the ops team within, that run the six restaurants, um, I wasn't much help to anyone. And at that point, yeah, I just wanted it all to end. So that's the lowest point. That's the lowest point.
0: Um, How and when did you start to begin to sort of pick yourself up and... and Kind of reset.
1: Yeah, I. Uh, when did we start to pick ourselves up? So we were, we would, we just, <laughs> we were just looking for things that we could do. And there was a few chefs at that at that time that had started doing cook at home ideas. So, you know, everything that you do in a restaurant, um, sending it out to people's houses instead.
0: But I know, I know you, that you were you were quite reluctant to do that at I first. Do you didn't want to do it, Fucking did you? No, I didn't want to do
1: it. And also takeaways. I I just didn't want to. I I I was I I was negative, but I'm also when we spoke in the last the last time, I well, it's quite. I told you about how how much I lack in confidence. Mm. And that had a massive part of that. I just yeah. thought who the fuck's going to want to order takeaways from us, and yeah. who the fuck's going to want to order a, a, a feather blade of beef down to Leicester or to London. Or I, I just thought it wouldn't fucking work, and I and and I didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to do it.
0: Because a lot of other restaurants were doing it, weren't they? You were, yeah. I, I think that you were quite late to that part. We were
1: quite late, yeah. I, um, I saw a couple of... There was a couple of chefs that were doing it, and, um, and I, so the takeaways I just thought were shit, and we did actually try takeaways because we'd give it a go and it didn't work anyway. Takeaways absolutely bombed in the restaurants. Normally ordered from us. And then Claire, the MD, said, look, we should do this cook-at-home thing, and again, I didn't really want to do it, but then... We carried on looking into it, and Dan, who, is our, um, who does all our graphics from um, Natural Selection, said the same thing, and he'd been looking at it, and he said, yeah, you, you should do it, it'll fucking work. Let me help you, let me help you do it. And, and Oh, with, he's great, Dan. He's amazing, yeah. yeah. And we were actually great, we were sat in here, because we, 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 we I was sat in here with, with Dan, because we were actually doing a little bit of filming. Sorry, I'm jumping from one thing to no, another No, no, mate, you know what but, it's like. Yeah, we were doing a little bit of filming, because when I phoned Dan, and this is probably in March or April, because Dan's become a very good friend of mine. He said, he said, what's, what's going to happen? I said, Dan, I think, I think elite's going to go bust mate. And he said to me, and only a really good friend could say this. And only someone that really knew me well, he said, do you want to film it? And I said, fucking right. I do. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) so we actually started going around the empty restaurants and filming us. What I thought was us going to be going bust. Yeah. So we were in here that day. And, um, and he was saying the same as Claire, let, let's, Let's do this cook at home. He said, I'll do it for free. I'll help with all the design. I'll do everything for free. Um, I've seen other people doing it. We could do it. You'd definitely smash it. I'll help you with this. Dan actually started ringing the, the frozen ice, the frozen packs company that we would then put into the boxes. He was amazing. Claire was amazing. So we started it and we, we started it. We launched it. We launched cook at home. And with all these things that we tried, Craig, you know, unbelievably, uh, just I i just can't get around how it happens but we were really successful with it it yeah,
0: really took off it didn't really it? took off and then you were you doing the videos as well showing yeah. the people how to prep and it was like it was so simple
1: yeah it was so simple it was what we do but at home and then we took all the pain out of like you know the red wine sauce for example that goes with the um feather blade of beef there's no way you'd want to make that at home and take you two days and it's yeah, fucking no. painful so we would take all of that pressure out and then made it Make that simple at home.
0: I mean, yeah. I might have done because at that time I was looking for really complicated recipes just so I've got, right, I've got like yeah. four hours here in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, totally, and that's, yeah, that's, we've taken that yeah. off.
1: Yeah, well, there, well, actually, funny enough, we had a review from Jay Rayner pretty quickly who ordered the cook at home and he said something about how, actually, how complicated it was to do <laughs> and how many pans you needed to actually do it. But it took off. It really fucking took off. And, I'm not sure where the business would be now if we hadn't have done Cook at Home. I'm not sure whether it'd be here. It was a massive, massive revenue stream when we had nothing coming in. Um, But it also, what it did was it, it brought us back to people, back in the front of people's minds because then we were just a closed group of restaurants with me moaning on social media. And all of a sudden we were an at-home business that we were getting so much interaction on social media with people that were ordering it, saying that they loved it. And all of a sudden we were back in the forefront of people's minds as a restaurant group. So it saved us. But also, it saved us. We,
0: we, we, I take it you were able to get your staff who couldn't be in the kitchens to get them back in the kitchen so they could start prepping and cooking yeah. the cook at stuff.
1: Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it, was a, it was an unusual one because it was mostly the team at Burnt Truffle, the restaurant in, on the Wirral. Um, it, it was mostly the team there with, other, with a few other of the team coming from other restaurants, but it was mostly... We pretty much set up Burnt Truffle as an at home business. Right. And so um, it's been an interesting one. It's been an interesting one. But um, yeah, it's something now that we will probably always do.
0: Because you are carrying on doing it now over Christmas, aren't you?
1: We are. So we, because of this at home business, we realized that it was potentially something successful that we could carry on doing, you know, indefinitely. So we looked at um, if we're going to do it properly, we need a site.
0: <laughs> I mean, we, it's only, I can't think of anybody else, right, who would be juggling six restaurants and going, oh, I don't know if they're going to open or I might be going bust to go, actually, do you know what we need to do? We need to crowdfund fund for a massive space <laughs> and start up another business during yeah. this time.
1: Yeah, it was, it was stupid. It was really, the idea of it was stupid. And there was a massive feeling of, um, I was really nervous about it because doing a crowdfunding in the middle of a pandemic and everybody's struggling for money and trying to, you know, get by anyway. I was really nervous about that. Um, but the loyal following that we have, it just, yeah, it, 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 it worked. But we thought if we're going to do, if we're going to do Cook at Home, we're going to need a unit. And if we're going to get a unit, we might as well get one big enough. That we can do events from and we can have an events unit where we can cook at people's weddings and that type of thing. Yeah. So we thought we might as well go all in. So we. <laughs>
0: I mean, when do when do you not go all <laughs> yeah. in, Gary? That's the thing. Yes.
1: Yeah. So we did a crowdfund, um, and that was to raise one hundred and fifty thousand pounds. We didn't try and do anything um, um, crazy with it. You know, try and do a crowdfund in a day. We set a normal target of thirty days to raise one hundred and fifty grand, and. It just took off.
0: Yeah, it, it just, really took off. Yeah. Um, I put money into that crowdfunding. No, you did I did, yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God, yeah. that's
1: amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, thank you. No, you're all right, mate. Um, it took off, and, you know, right now, as we sit here, the, that events unit is now fully up and running. It's like a fucking massive, huge spaceship kitchen <laughs> it inside it. It's big,
0: if anybody hasn't it's, seen it. Yeah, yeah
1: it's huge. Um, it's huge. And actually, right now, when the news is talking about potential further lockdowns and... Whatever else, we've got this unit and we're pretty much ready to go. When we've never been so ready for a lockdown ever. So we're kind of at the opposite end of where we were when we heard about the first lockdown happening. So yeah, those are the ups.
0: I mean, it is incredible that you've that you've come out of this with another business that that is you're you're ready for, for for any eventualities.
1: We are we're definitely more ready than we were for sure. Mm. That's for sure. Yeah, there's been, there's been amazing ups. There's been, other, there's been other things that have happened because of the pandemic and in the pandemic within the business that wouldn't have happened otherwise that, are, that have made us stronger as well. Um, like what, Gary? We have streamlined everything that we do. Like pretty much every business in the pandemic would have done the same. But what it's made us do is it's made us a tighter business. We've streamlined the menus. We've streamlined the wine. We streamline everything that we do. We wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for the pandemic. Yeah. And there's always been a fear of trying to streamline menus within a small independent group. Because the last thing you ever want to be seen as is a, is a chain or is some corporate group. But we felt like we really didn't have any choice. We'd, we'd limited the menu so much leading up to yeah. the final closure of the restaurants that we only really had four or five dishes on anyway. So... To think about having a streamlined menu within the whole business, being able to go to our suppliers and get better deals because we were ordering a dish that would then be the same in six restaurants gave us so much more buying power. So everything that we did, all the streamlining has made the business more profitable. Um, It's made the business more consistent as well. Mm. Um, It's made the business easier to run. So... There's been a lot of things that have happened in the pandemic that I look at and I think, fucking hell, actually, thank fuck that we're in this situation now because it's made us so much stronger. And also, it's made me think differently about the business as well. I'm a scatty person. I'm unorganized anyway. And like people see with the crowd funds that I do and how impulsive I am with certain decisions. Before the pandemic, I was extremely scatty. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm not scatty now. I am. But it's made me much more focused, much, 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 much more focused. I've I've had the lows of feeling like I wanted to get rid of the business. And now I'm at the other end of that where I feel like there's no, there's nothing that can stop us now. And I feel like I'm really focused and I'm really channeled into the future and the ambitions and the goals for the business. I feel, I feel stronger than I ever have about the business. So I only would have had that if we had have had the terrible lows. Yeah,
0: of course. Uh, did, we, did you manage to keep hold of all the staff during this time?
1: We did. We did. Every single person has stayed with us in the group and um, at no point did we make any decisions where it was self-preservation in terms of save the business and get rid of the teams yeah. to save money in the in the bank. And before the, before the furlough schemes came about, there was a lot of businesses, Craig, that just fucked off all their teams. Yeah. And I... I don't get it. I can't comprehend No, but that's it. Some, something that... And I'm not interested in finding out why people... I'm not interested in... I don't want to understand it.
0: No, but we, we already know from people who know you, and certainly from the last podcast, you're fiercely loyal with your staff. You know, before we started recording, we were talking about your head chef here, who's been like, with you for like seven years, and he's still yeah. only 26. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah, incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I don't know why the teams are so loyal with
1: us, and I, I can't speak for anybody that works within the restaurants, but... But personally, my view on all of that is that, you know, I, I wouldn't, why the fuck, well, I don't know why you would want to create a business where you don't stand by the people that are working hard. I hate saying for you, I'd like really like to say that your teams are working with you. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> they are working for you. In, in you know, they do. So if somebody's working for you, why, why would you not want to stand by them to the very end of everything while they're in the business? I want to support everyone that I can. So when there was a, a decision to be made about, you know, uh, if we get rid of all, all the most of the team except for management now, we can preserve money in the bank. I'd rather go bust. Every single time, I'd rather go bust. It's, um, you know, we're looking at the way that the prime minister is now and the way that, he is throwing so I'm not gonna get political, don't worry. No, it's so I don't fine. know enough about it anyway, but the way what I do see and the way that he's throwing the people that work for him under the bus, mm. I don't fucking understand it. And since we since we met, we I had a terrible, terrible um time over at one of the restaurants that had a that got one out of five in an in an environmental health inspection. Yeah. What happened there? Craig, okay, it was terrible. We had we we weren't up to scratch we weren't doing what we needed to do to comply and to be safe. And after an inspection, we got a one out of five. Now, y- y- <laughs> the last thing I would ever do is blame anyone except myself. It's my fault. Anything that happens in the business that goes wrong is my fault. It's always my fault. Mm. And that's my responsibility to take that. And it's the same that, sh- that goes and that leads into the pandemic and how the teams are treated you know, your responsibility as a so called leader is to fucking stand in front of people and take and to, to be the person that uh, is at the front of it when the problems are happening. And that's why I'm saying it's like the Prime Minister, the first thing that he does is throw people under the bus. Yeah. It's, fuck it, that is not an inspiring leader. Nah. That is not somebody that anybody wants to continue working with. You ask me, you know, what, what's my, why do I think that people stay with us for seven years? I would like to think I don't know, and I'm not speaking for them, but I would like to think it's because they, I'd like to think they know it's because they have got their back. It's the same with a TripAdvisor review where someone will say that uh, a member of the team, w- w- you know, was an idiot or, or you know, they didn't know what was on the menu and they're rubbish and and this kind of thing. There's not a chance that I would ever speak to that person, and invite them back to the restaurant, and give them freebie. No. I'd be messaging that person, and tell them never to come back. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you work within a team and there's somebody that's you know, I fucking sound like I'm t- t- bigging my. I'm not. I don't no, want to say. Not, not at all. But that's my. That's what I would think. Why, you know, you stick by people, and hopefully they stick by you back. Yeah. Um. That's been a bad part of the pandemic for me, Craig. That's been a. That's been one of the downs for me. Has been looking at. Uh, the way that people certain people were looked after, and and that type of thing. That's been a real downer for me, and that's been hard for me to to um. That's been hard for me to get out of. To be honest, that's that's really put me. What in a...
0: seeing seeing other people treat or not, me, or not look after. So yeah, people.
1: okay. It's made me really reflect in the industry that I'm in. And listen, I'm not acting like I'm some. I'm not some. I'm not some angel here. I'm. I've been a fucking bad person in my life as well, and I've been a fucking bad person in business too. I've done some really fucking shitty stuff. And I'm not saying that I haven't, or ever pretend that I haven't. I have, um, but some of the stuff that I've seen through the pandemic has made me really resent the people that are a lot of the people in the industry. It's really fucked me off and it's really made me, I I think about London, for example, a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the teams that are employed in London are employed with a massive part of their wage. They're paid by service charge. Service charge is something that's added onto the bill in a restaurant in London. Um, It's all, it's it's almost, it's in every restaurant in Mm -hmm. London and, and there's there's been loopholes with that over the last 20 years and most restaurants and even people that i look up to and respect massively are that's how their businesses are run um but in the pandemic when the furlough scheme came in the government committed to 80 percent of the team's wages in restaurants well in any businesses yeah that 80 percent didn't include the service charge. So if you were a head chef, and I had friends who were in London, and we're talking about head chefs for Michelin star, you know, very, very, very respected, credible people. If you were a head chef for one of those guys, you got your eighty percent of your wage from the furlough, mm. but then you had you, you had your service charge taken off that as well. So it was eighty percent after your service charge, and if your service charge counted for 20 or 30 percent of your wage people were getting as as little as 40 percent of their wage i knew head chefs working for very fucking credible people that if they didn't have a partner that could have supported them that didn't work in hospitality they'd have been homeless so when i looked at all of that and when i saw leaders in the industry and certain people i began to get very fucking jaded about the industry that i'm in and i do have to repeat this craig i'm no fucking angel Mm. i'm not um but, but there's certain things and there's certain ways within business and looking after people in this pandemic that that haven't been done and i fucking hate it and i found it really hard to move on from and i found it really hard on social media not just to fucking get on there and just you know just fucking just yeah
0: i mean you're not backwards, we're coming forwards on social media sometimes
1: yeah well I, i'm <laughs> and i if i i and i i have trouble with that in my own mind and i delete nearly every post that i write anyway but getting on there and not just fucking taking everyone down has been mm. something I've had to fight with in my own mind because it's not worth it and what good does it do anyway but it's been a real it's been a that's been I found that really hard, found were, that really you, hard. were
0: you quite shocked seeing that with certain peers and people in your industry that were behaving like this you, we, I, don't have, we don't have yeah. to say who, who, we don't have to name I'm names, gonna, basically. Yeah. But I think, you know, I, yeah. if, if you're shocked and quite yeah. surprised. Fucking shocked,
1: Craig. Unbelievably shocked. Fucking disgusted. And gutted. Fucking gutted. Gutted.
0: Because it's me. not who I thought you were or what you yeah. stood for. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah.
1: Gutted, Craig. Just fucking gutted. And look, it's, the, there's, 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 I, the whole thing, the whole thing has been shit. for it. The whole thing's been shit. It's hard, hard for me to sit here and not just like spew it all out and just yeah, and yeah. just let rip. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to do that, but no. I found it. I found it really hard. I found it really, really hard. Um, that's been a yeah. It's been a big low for me. Big low.
0: When you were at your lowest, Deb, and you were thinking, I just want all this responsibility taken off me, so I let everything go. And you, you admitted that you were at low, but you wouldn't really have let that happen, I don't think, because it's not just about the responsibility; it's about other people's livelihoods. And you're <sighs> such the team player within your business. I don't think you could have sat there and just let it go, and you you would have had that on your conscience. You couldn't have you couldn't have sat with that, Gary, I don't think.
1: I'm not sure, mate. I don't know because at that I don't know. I think this, you know, it wasn't about me try <clears throat> it wasn't about me trying to sell the business or get any money out of mm. it. This was about us going bust. Yeah. So um this was about losing everything. So I felt I felt if everything goes, then it's not my fault. Do you know what I mean? I, I felt like. Take that
0: responsibility away yeah, from me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think I'd be lying to sit here and say to you that I, that, that, no, I wouldn't have let that happen because I think at times in March and April in 2020, no, I, I just, I did want everything to go bust because I just wanted, I just, I, I just found, I found it all too hard in, in my, in my mind to deal with. And I, I, I. I just think I wanted to start again and I was having these crazy thoughts and this is the one where it's probably not not true. I was having thoughts where if it all goes bust, maybe I could just move back to London and just get a job washing dishes in a restaurant and work my way up again and kind of... I completely
0: know, start from scratch.
1: Completely start from scratch because I felt like that, you know, I, 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 was, I was having so many weird thoughts about what I would do and I felt like completely starting from scratch would be something um, really... Um, great for me to do and something that uh, like a massive challenge again to start again um yeah not
0: want to shy away from a challenge no it? not want to shy away <laughs> from a challenge
1: and also not want to shy away from hard work and no and that kind of thing um but the difficulty is once you've once you've been your own boss it's easy for me to say that I'd go and start again somewhere and have a boss and have somebody telling me what to do yeah but if you've been your boss for 11 years now I'm not sure that it would be that easy. I know people do, and I'm sure it would be fine, but, yeah, the reality is probably very different. I think so. How was your
0: sleeping at this time? I mean, you're talking about these certain thoughts that you know may or may not have been true about wanting to start again and taking the yeah. responsibility away. Were you managing to look after yourself within that? Because, obviously, you were thinking of you just constantly juggling the businesses.
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um... That's a good question, and I yeah yeah easy for me to say that I have I had real trouble sleeping, and you know I don't I'd never do, Um, yeah I yeah there's only been a few times where yeah I know sleeping's fine sleeping's always been fine, and looking after myself (laughs) that was fine as well. What else are you going to do at home other than eat? Um, So I ate a lot. I put I actually put weight on. Um, So yeah, no that aspect of it and looking after myself actually I. I started training at home and stuff like that. So um, that was actually quite a good bit of motivation for me because whatever's happened in my life, whenever I've been feeling a bit shitty personally, the one thing that's made me feel better about myself has been training. So
0: Yeah, and it's nice to to switch the focus onto something else, especially when your mind is just spinning.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what else happened as well was we started – and actually I think that Claire probably thinks this as well, the MD of the business. One of the best things that happened was we got asked to do another uh, show on telly, a very casual show on uh, like a lifestyle cooking show on channel four. Mm. That gave me focus. I fucking hated it. I hated every minute of it and I never want to do it again. Um, but it gave me focus. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not natural like you are with, with that side. That's, you know, that's your career and that's what, you know, you're fucking amazing at it. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at it. And I, and it may, and when you say about losing sleep, actually probably doing any kind of filming probably makes yeah, me... Yeah, you don't like yeah, that. that. I hate that, it, hate it, hate it, hate raises it, hate your it. anxiety I levels. I hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. And I'd be very, very self-destructive about never doing telly again. Um, and I'd probably say certain things to ensure that I never do telly again because I fucking hate it. But honestly, the focus that that gave me, and I think the people around me, the close people around me would say that the focus that filming that show gave me yeah. in the pandemic, because it was in the pandemic, um, that was excellent for me. It was really excellent. And that made me train more as well because I was very conscious about the way that I looked and I wanted to make sure I looked my best. And, yeah. you know, I <laughs> try and pump up my biceps <laughs> a little bit. So, I was, so it was making me train more. It was making me look after my physical appearance. Um, it made well, me very you were working of that. with
0: my friend Anna who said you were absolutely lovely. Oh,
1: God. So, I, Anna's, Anna was amazing. Yes, Anna she's was, yeah, she's brilliant. Anna was amazing. But I, the, the, the personal part of the show personally filming stuff I fucking hate it Craig I absolutely hate it I fucking dread it I hate it every second of filming hate it hate it hate it I hate it god I hate it so much it gives me anxiety. it gives me anxiety I hate it I I can't say it I can't say it and I, I don't know why I hate it so much I think perhaps it's the confidence thing again I just I'm I I'm I dread it I fucking dread it dreaded, it's interesting isn't it?
0: because is it that it's a camera in front of you because you know I can sit down with you even when we don't have microphones in front of us when we do there's still the conversations flowing and you yeah. you, you know you're not you don't shy away from certain topics at all no. you go in there but is it just because you're being you on camera not sure because um, let's face it it's not natural it's not a natural thing no, do. fucking hell,
1: It's not natural. No, it's act. Oh, sorry, it's act. It's act I, however you look at it. You put I, it on
0: I, as a bit of an act. Oh, it's
1: an act. Yeah. It's an act. and I'm, um, I, It's an act and I'm, you know, <sighs> Craig, I don't fucking care where people keep their spices in their kitchen. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't care about stuff like that. So saying those kind of things and, you know, yes, I, I really, in, I, I, I love great food. And I actually like talking to people that are unsure about cooking. Mm. I like giving them advice. But there's so much of all of that that I really don't fucking care about. Yeah. And the things that when I'm saying things about, I've got a tip. If you hang a bit of string from a tap and it's got a leak, it drips down the string. <laughs> fucking old Craig. I, don't, I fucking wouldn't say that to anyone. So saying shit like that, on, I, that's the bit where I'm, I, I hate myself for it when I say stuff like that. Because... I don't want to say stuff like that because I don't mean it. If there was a TV TV where it was where you were genuinely just being yourself and you were just speaking to people normally like me and you are right now. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm 100% into it. But TV's never like that crazy. No,
0: exactly. Well, there we go. There's the show, isn't it?
1: There never would be a show like that. Why not? Because they don't make TV like that. No, exactly
0: they don't make TV like that, but why not? You always, you know, when you look at an incredible drama and you go, on paper, this shouldn't work. This is boring if I'm flicking through the pages. Then you see it on telly and you go, I've never seen anything like this. This shouldn't work, but it does. Yeah. So therefore, what would you change in the way that, because there are so, there's like a tidal wave. Of cookery shows, especially yeah. now because coming into Christmas. I'm embarrassed that
1: I'm part of one because there's too many. It didn't need to be one. There didn't need to be one. That show didn't. I didn't. Need, I didn't. I, should, I shouldn't have fucking done it, Craig. I shouldn't have done it. But I was. I, I look. No, but you I sound. I'm. Like I sound like I'm taking things for granted, no, Craig. I know, I know a million people would want to do that, especially chefs. I know they would. I sound like I'm taking things for granted, and I promise you, that's not. That's not where this is coming from. I didn't want it. If it wasn't. I'm doing things, I'm doing any, I'm do. I did, I'm doing it because it makes, because I want the businesses to fucking be busy. Yeah, I mean, you, you've if, always,
0: you've admitted as well that it gave you focus, even though you me, were, you yeah. didn't like it and you were possibly terrified of doing it. Yeah, I'm,
1: yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you, you, you must be able to explain it much better than I can. I'm just,
0: it's I don't fucking know. terror, I admit mean- I'm still I guess always quite terrified. See, one thing that I used to hate, and I'm sure I've said this over the years on, on this, I was terrified starting to do this all those years ago. To what, s- the podcast? Bo- yeah, podcasts? yeah. Really? Because um, I was always so nervous about promotion of shows, which is so I'm doing interviews when so I'm doing live television, because it was the one time that you have to sit there and be... You, you have to be yeah. certainly a ah, okay. version of you as, as okay. close as yeah. possible. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. that's when the job really ends. You yeah. may you may have had a series in the can for for six months or whatever yeah. it is, yeah. but the job only really ends just before it airs because that's yeah. when you're finishing off the promotion. Yeah. Uh, the other week I was finishing off Doctor Who stuff and I was I was going, whatever you do, don't ask me about the plot. I'll probably get killed by BBC. <laughs> I said, I said, it's been so long and it's so complicated. I can't even tell you. And then I was doing a research chat and she rung up and she went, So <laughs> tell me, so, apart, tell me yeah. about it. I, went, I, t- I said, Don't ask me about that. I, like, I really can't tell you. If, yeah. you. if you ask me that on live TV, I'm going to yeah. end up with the egg on my yeah, face. It's yeah, going to be terrible. Yeah. yeah. That's what that's. So I think it's taken me the, the, the however many years we've been doing it. Five years, Griff? Yeah. Five, five years. Wow. Well, um, I still have to ask him for what the email address is because I always forget. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's taken me that long to, to I suppose, become, uh, be slightly more comfortable in my own skin. So I'm not, when I'm not playing a character. Yeah. But I don't think it's just time, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I think it's horses for courses, though. It, yeah. Everybody's different. Yeah. I, some people, I remember once ask, my friends were incredible costume designers and they were doing a period film and they were, they were filming in Blackpool. They said, oh, we're in Blackpool. I said, I'm not there. But I'm... They said, does... You... And they'd met my mum and dad. They said, oh, did your mum and dad want to come and um, be extras and we'll get all oh, dressed up? Amazing. It'd be really fun. And my mum went, oh, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah. That would yeah. terrify me. Yeah, She'd yeah. be so super self-conscious. Yeah. You couldn't even... No, yeah. absolutely not. Think yeah. about it. Worst idea in the world. Yeah. So for some people, it's just not even about time. It's like just... I'd say for me, it wouldn't be about time. I don't know, because obviously
1: I haven't got any experience to be able to judge that. Mm. I would guess, though, if I'd, it, if I'd done it for like five years or something like that, I, I just couldn't imagine feeling any better about it. I fucking hate it. Really, but I what, just about, it so much.
0: what about, right, um, just throwing it out there, if they said, all right, you do... You're, you're not happy with 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 this script or this format of this show or how what we want. What would you do? How do you want to do? it? If we go, all right, there's the keys to the castle. You you make your show. How would you do it? And I know how honest you are, but you've got to remember this is television, and we can't. Yeah, upset too many I know, people. and
1: that's the thing. I just just anything that was really fucking real. When we did the doc, the first the, the one sort of documentary, the one documentary that we did about the opening of. A restaurant pinion that we've got in Prescott. That was that felt really good because most of the time I was just I was just being myself. Yeah, so you were. It was somebody. Well, not somebody. It was Dan following 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 me around and just asking asking me questions like he would like me and you are now. And so I was just being myself.
0: And also it was about how you were feeling at certain times, yeah. whether you are going to hit exactly. targets. And it, yeah. You were being, yeah. It, and it yeah, was, and,
1: it, yeah. And, it, and in the restaurants as well, when he was filming in the restaurants, I, just I was just yeah. being myself. I was doing what I would do anyway. Yeah. N- nothing was acted for that. So if there was something where it was just being, I guess being yourself. Like I really like talking to people. yeah. Not loads of people, no. <laughs> a couple of people maybe at the same time. Um, really like talking to people and finding out about people. I think like you do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, Which I'm is exactly fac- what you do. I'm with fascinated this. with people. Yeah. yeah, and finding out p- about people. I do. Sounds really cheesy, but I like community. I do like community, and cooking. I'm not. I'm, if there was somewhere, I would. I would. Re- I would. I would enjoy teaching people how to cook but not fancy food. You know, You know, a lot of generation, it, it feels like people have missed a genera- There's People don't know how to cook like they It's coming back, but there's a lot of people that don't know how to cook now. Yeah. It feels like it hasn't been passed down from parents as much as it used to be. So really simple things like, a lot of people struggle with things like a Sunday roast or a Yorkshire pudding or, uh, or something a bit more fancy like making a risotto or something like that. I would love to sh- be able to show people stuff like that. that i buzz off that. Because it would be me doing the things that I would normally do anyway, because that's the type of food I like anyway. Just showing someone who didn't understand how to do it. I think I'd be good at something like that. But, but there's, no, no, there's nothing that there's nothing they try. Everything is so everything's so fake added on top of it. Everything has to be so... Any ideas... God, I sound, I sound like a fucking dick, Craig. No, you don't. Any ideas that I'm told about potential TV shows that could happen for us. Yeah. They always have to have these extra bits added on for um, what's it called for to dramatise and to and to make. If you're looking through a magazine of sorry, not a magazine anymore, online about what's going to be on telly at night. Now I
0: don't know. Have, it's, it's Christmas, Gary, So the radio <laughs> times <laughs> radio and the highlighters T- yes, is coming out yes, very soon, right? So yeah, yeah,
1: very, yeah, yeah. Everyone has to get that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But if you're looking at that, there has to be something that grabs your eye. Now it has to be something crazy. Um, a crazy title of something and a crazy idea, but that 's where things get lost if you ask me because that 's where sh- that 's where shows are just they 're just faff and uh, what I do, why does everyone not want to watch stuff that 's really fucking genuine and also, it's actually about people they 're the best
0: shows strip it back yeah when um... When you know everything was on repeat very yeah. early on on telly yeah. and they were striving for content. There was a lovely show. It's totally not about food, yeah, Um and it was all about walking. Did yeah. you ever know watch it? So what? it was on BBC Two. So they had who, like who, a who, who it was a di- different person every week, okay. and there was one with like. Selena Scott, I have seen Selena Scott on telly for yeah. years. One with uh, Reverend Richard Coles. And they would okay. just have like a, a GoPro on uh, and they would just go on this lovely walk and they would just nuts. talk to the camera and it was as genuine and Perfect. stripped yeah. back. And Lem as... <coughs> what? Well? Yes, of course. Lem did one as okay. well. Yeah. And it was... So honest and freeing. And even though when it was a time when one thing that everybody could do is get out, wherever you are, whether you're in the city yeah. or in the countryside, to go for a walk. And it, Sometimes they'd just bump into people having a walk yeah. or walking the dog and they'd have a little Perfect. exchange. And it was the most lovely freeing 25 minutes or so ever. I'm going to hunt that,
1: it down, yeah, I'm going to have a look.
0: So lovely and yeah. stripped back. So maybe there's your key. Is to something because everything is a bit flashy, yeah. Big lights, big spectacle. that you know, big theatrical, or yeah. or it's a bit raw, and but it's still it's fake, yeah. So to do something stripped back with honesty, and the things you're talking about there, you know, risottos, getting a Sunday roast yeah. right, timing—they're all yeah. good, solid foundations yeah. to start, and then you can build from yeah. there.
1: I think. One of the things, as well, is like you just said before. There's so many cooking shows, and there's so many, there's well, so you, many chef-led things. You that, can't move from now, yeah, especially a at Christmas co- time, can you? It's shit. So, you know, <sighs> yeah, I have to think like, do, do you really want to be part of just another of another just another cooking show and another chef-led thing? And I'm not exactly, um, I'm such a like a typical chef as well. You know, you know. <sighs> in what respect well, would you say you're a typical chef well no- I'm just chef. a normal chef covered in tattoos like every stereotypical chef in the UK you know it, if they're going to be making shows maybe they should be making them with much more interesting people They're so you know and this they're all just most of the cooking shows are the same as what I think I'm trying to get at so what's the well, what's yeah. the fucking point in joining in with that but that makes something much more but that's why interesting.
0: that's why if you break the mold and make something more interesting that like, yeah taking you out of the equation then it sounds like we're trying to pitch a tv show where we're not just having a conversation i love great like... if anything
1: um, i would i would like to say i don't want to do any more no, fucking I, know. I think we, we know but <laughs> yeah. who would you
0: who would you like to see on telly giving advice and giving tips and you know helping people who can't cook or build foundations in cooking
1: God, that's a really good question as well. There's so many people, Craig. Because it um, seems
0: that lots of people who we both know and respect, and sometimes don't respect, are on telly. Yes,
1: yes. Look, if you okay, so the the things that I said that you, the question that I was answering when you said to me, how what would I feel comfortable doing? Yeah. uh, I answer that with the things that I would feel comfortable doing if I was to do something would be things like making a a Sunday roast or um, or Yorkshire puddings and stuff like that. That has been fucking done. That's been on TV a million times. Doesn't need to be on TV. But
0: we remember when... so De- Delia's book and Nigella Lawson's book was absolute revelation because they were going back from scratch. And yeah. what, one of the recipes, was, recipes it was about how to boil an egg, wasn't it? Yeah, and
1: that's amazing and both yeah. those people are amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing and both both of those guys' recipes are solid recipes, they're brilliant um, but, you know, <laughs> that has been on, the, all, all those, all that has been on TV so many times, it's all been seen, it's all been done and you can you can find it all but actually, the more that, British people get interested in food, the more actually we're interested in different cuisines. Yeah. So, um, what would be better on TV is seeing, is seeing, is seeing, is not seeing British food be cooked because it's been done and done and done and done and done. Um, so, if anything, it would be better to see people from, from, from different backgrounds.
0: The people we don't see on telly, the cuisines that we don't see yeah. every day. Yeah. yeah. If
1: I think about. Um, well, that's
0: inspiring.
1: It's, but it's yes it's inspiring because people look at you know people like it's, if i take sabrina gainer for example whenever i see her on saturday kitchen i look at her food and i'm just like fuck you know it looks so fucking tasty yeah it looks so tasty yeah um and so i think if 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 we're to take chefs it should be people that have got something a little bit different to offer them from the from the stuff that i said i'd be comfortable cooking for sure for
0: sure i'm um the fact that these chefs we don't see on telly all the time and maybe they've got something to say definitely instead of churning out the old script.
1: Definitely. Look, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned Nigella and you mentioned Delia, and they, they're amazing. And when we do talk about people that, are, uh, so that we've seen so often on, on TV for so long, I do actually look back at some shows. Like, if I watch, if I watch anything by Rick Stein... Fuck that guy is so watchable. Like all of his old shows. I watch his shows and I just think he's amazing. So the older shows, I think they're amazing. But I think if we're gonna reproduce cooking shows now, we're gonna do n- new things. It should be with different it should be with different cultures and different different people telling us different things. Yeah. Because we've fucking seen it all before. True.
0: But I do like seeing the old vintage uh, oh, Floyd man. Keith Floyd oh, clips. Oh they're amazing. Oh, they're I mean, amazing. It- Talk about honesty. Yeah, I mean that oh. shit would never fly oh, on know. telly now, would oh, it? Oh,
1: they're amazing. There's one. Um, did you ever see You probably have, Craig. And know you really into all of this? Did you ever see um, one that Marco Pierre White did called Cooking with Marco? No. I bet you see. I bet you see. I bet you have seen it. Have a look on YouTube. It's, right. Um, it's probably from like I think it's probably like late 80s, maybe early 90s, and it's just him. Um, <laughs> It's just him being himself. Was, um, it,
0: was it back when he, it? Was it was when
1: he was. A, it was when he was fucking nasty. But you don't right. see any of that. Yeah. You see, I mean, you see a very, very, very stern person. But what you actually see is somebody that's so engrossed in cooking that it's hard not to be completely inspired. And you watch the show, and you watch him, and the way he is with food. <sighs> You come away from it wanting to cook and wanting to go to restaurants. It's it's yeah, it's amazing, and it's also I love watching it because it's so dated. It's like um, I don't mind like, that though. No, no, I, I love the yeah, dating same, stuff. Yeah, same, same. I think it's like is it ITN Not ITN? Is it ITN? Was it like making shows? Yeah, probably. ITN, yeah, yeah. Um, or IT or Granot. It was an it was an old it was an old production that's obviously not around anymore. But um, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. Yeah, cooking with Marco. Um, really interesting.
0: Let's try and find that on the the YouTube link, Griff. Put yeah. Cooking yeah. Marco on yeah. it. It's amazing. Amazing. So how are things looking? Everything is a, is on quite the even keel at the moment and it, there's a lot of positivity with regards to you. I'm looking at your staff now, testing, prepping. But we're going into Christmas <laughs> and yeah. there's worry but yeah. I suppose you can't really project anything at the moment. Can do you, you mean? Do
1: you mean? Do you mean I can't project personally? So, so the business don't see. Is that what you mean, Craig?
0: Yeah, um, I mean the potential. Yeah. that every uh, you know.
1: Well, it's funny you say that because I found out that um, I found out in the pandemic when I did project openly and publicly on social media my mm. fears for the business. I found out by the head chef of Wreckfish, um, Tanner. He interviewed me for a college course a couple of weeks ago, and he told me in this interview that um, that when I did project how I was feeling and about the worries of the business in the last pandemic, he told me that um, a lot of the team felt made them feel <coughs> pretty shit, made them feel pretty unsafe, um, because obviously the business that they're working in, the fucking owner of it's online saying that everything's shit. So, so it's really interesting that you've just asked me that. I find it... Um, I guess I'm pretty, I guess I'm probably pretty egotistical and narcissistic because I really like to, I really like to vent on social media. Mm. I don't know whether it's something cathartic that gets stuff off my chest or whether it's something that, you know, I, I want people to see what I say, I want my opinions to be heard, but it's something that I've done religiously for the last 10 years. Um, so when you say about, I ca- can I project what's happening at the minute? I do try a little bit not to get too negative about the reality of what's going on within the government and the economy, but (laughs) there's only so much flowery, um, covering up that you can do because I can't hide what's in the news. No, you know, last night, you know, it's, it's all over social media last night that there's potential lockdowns coming. So yes, I can not, not project that from my personal social media account, um, and I can be careful about the things that I say but it's all over the fucking news anyway so everybody that works within the business that turns the telly on or the radio on or looks on social media is going to see it yeah so you are right though I sh- yeah I should I you know it's something I should be really aware of and Tana's Tana's exactly right for telling me it is something that I should be completely considerate of compassionate for the people in the business that mm. will see things and then start to worry about their own lives um, and it's also hard to get it, away from it.
0: In any business, stuff like that bleeds down Def- from the top.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. If I'm walking around, yeah, a hundred percent Craig, I'm walking around being this negative person and doomsday about you know what's gonna what might might happen, and it might actually not happen, then yeah, you're exactly right. The managers are gonna feel that, the head chefs are gonna feel that, and yeah, it'll filter down. So I need to be careful about it, but uh, and I thought I was being good, but over the last couple of weeks I found it quite hard again. I I even sent a post out that said, and I've been so fucking hypocritical since, I sent out a post that said, polite, polite requests to everyone in the hospitality industry. Perhaps don't go online talking about cancellations and the negative side of, you know, the prime minister coming on TV and Mm. saying that new restrictions are in place. Perhaps don't do that. And let's try and be positive. And fucking two days later, I'm telling everyone, we've had 70 cancelling recreation, 20 cancelling colour. And I'm, and I'm, you know, and I'm the biggest hypocrite online and I'm the biggest hypocrite operator because I'm doing exactly what I'm advising other people not to. So, yeah. um, I find it difficult, but I'm also very needy. So, the stuff that I say online, I guess I'm doing it for, um, to get, um, <laughs> to get attention,
0: and to get a reaction, and to get a reaction, yeah. I was talking to, um, I talked to a journalist on the phone a couple of days ago, and I hadn't I, been asked this question because it seems like for ages. He said, "When uh, you first got back in front of the camera and you were back on set, when uh, my industry was just starting, the cogs were just starting to turn again." He said, "How did that feel when it was all snatched away and you, you know you couldn't?" do your job and I explained what it was like and that feeling it was almost childlike like we were oh my god I can't believe this, this is so exciting it was like first day of school super super exciting when you managed to open the doors <laughs> again know. at these restaurants yes
1: I've, I've, I know what's coming Craig I've
0: cried so much no, you don't know what's go on go on sorry go on no, I'm gonna, I wanted to ask about the customers coming through Ah, okay. did you uh, was did you, did you find an excitement or a different yeah. attitude from your guests? <sighs> God, what did you think? I was going to say just that. Yeah, <laughs> So
1: I thought you were going to ask me. um <laughs> this is my narcissism again. I thought you were going to ask me how I felt.
0: <laughs> I, I will thought an, you were going to say
1: because when we reopened, there was a there, when we first reopened after the major lockdowns, yeah. we we actually met all the managers and head chefs met here in Carla, and um, and. There was a huge feeling and I, and I'm, and I, and I can speak for the teams as well because they told me, mm. so there was, there was a feeling of like exactly what you just said, like fucking hell, it's like a, it's like being a kid again, we can, I do, we can do what we want to, we can do with the things what we're meant yeah. to do, we can come to work, we can enjoy ourselves again and that sounds crazy about work because, you know, work shouldn't be enjoyable, but for some people it is and it's I think it should, I
0: think yeah. it absolutely should. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, normality is something that people need mm. a lot of people, but we came in here and um I stood in front of about there's probably about fifty people in here in and, and the ops team and and I just wanted to say first before we went through some menu training and things like that, you know I'm so pleased that we're all here today, and that we can kind of see a light and the restaurants reopen. I just fucking started crying
0: oh I started man. crying,
1: I felt like such a fucking wally Craig I felt like such a wally. And um, and Nat, the manager of Sticky My girlfriend was here as well, and I felt really embarrassed that I was fucking crying in front of her. But I was crying in front of everyone in the fucking restaurant. But I, the feeling, the feeling, it was overwhelming. Of things are cut, things are actually they could get back to normal. Yeah. And that feeling was like it was amazing. And um, but to answer your question about how it felt when we reopened with the guests, it was the same feeling when people first came back. Fucking hell, you should have seen this the per paired, Greg, because everyone was buying champagne. <laughs> Honestly, everyone, <laughs> really was. everyone was buying champagne because yeah. everyone was like, yes, we're, we're, we're actually out. out. We're out, we're yeah. in a restaurant. So all the guests when we first reopened were amazing. And it was, and it was, although it was busy and it was hard for all the teams because they hadn't been used to being on their feet for so long. So their feet mm. were hurting, their backs were hurting, they were absolutely knackered, and we were busier than we normally would be there was still a really nice feeling. Um, Those feelings have changed every now and again. And there's been parts that haven't been great. And if I'm really honest with you, the things like the eat out to help out from a business point of view, they were fantastic because the revenue was excellent. But from a team point of view, they were fucking awful. Um, Why, why Gary? um, Just a lot of the people that came on eat out to help out weren't lovely and they weren't our, they weren't our, our loyal, regular guests. Okay. They were people that don't often regularly go out. Yeah. Um, so, to be honest, Craig, there was a lot of fucking arseholes that came to the restaurants and they were fucking rude and they, were, they, were, they weren't understanding of the fact that we were still in a pandemic and a lot of us were still fucking scared. Because, you know, people that are working in restaurants, you know, front of house and chef to parties in the kitchen, you know... I'm sure a lot of them would love to have not have come to work Mm. while the pandemic was on, but they have to feed themselves and their families and whatever and didn't have the luxury or privilege of of not going to work in the pandemic. So there was a lot of guests in Eat Out to Help Out that really didn't fucking appreciate that. And they were fucking rude and didn't appreciate that. A lot of the guys were fucking scared. They had all their masks on and they didn't want to be too close to people. Eat Out to Help Out just fucking crammed lots of people into restaurants and crammed very rude people into restaurants
0: so see that's what i'm talking about yeah. Guest attitude like when you've had something taken away and you know i'm sick of cooking for myself or yeah. i'm sick of your food I'm, i yeah. mean I, it's there's those simple pleasures that we yeah. took for granted yeah and you don't expect people i don't expect people to be rude full yeah. stop in restaurants and i hate you know if i hear anybody sort of click or if yeah. you're no. out i was yes. horrible horrible yeah. Yeah. um so to hear that makes me quite sad but I I, you know sadly you know I'm not surprised.
1: Unfortunately it's a part of restaurants. Um, It doesn't mean it's ever acceptable and we don't tolerate it we don't in any of the restaurants. No um, we certainly don't. I yeah I mean some restaurants do tolerate it and some managers and some owners do accept it as uh, they do let it go and they are more interested in you know the sales at the end of the day. I'd like to think that we're the opposite of that, and we'd yeah. rather not have those guests in, and we tell them to piss off if you know if if they if they do act in any way like that.
0: Um, but also, that's it's it's not only disrespectful and, and awful to staff of any restaurant. It's uncomfortable if I'm yeah. sat near a, a you know a group or obnoxious or rude, and I'm just trying to have a, a nice meal or celebrate. Uh, it's it's completely fucking ruined my oh. night as well. And oh. that all the other people that are around them.
1: Unfortunately, yeah, it's you know it happens.
0: Uh... And sadly, that is your lasting image. How, uh, oh, yeah. how was your night you were looking forward to? Yeah. you've saved up for? Yeah. Um, so, ru- ruined. And do you know what? I probably wouldn't even go back there now. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of that. Yeah. Sorry, that's, that's really down, no, isn't it? It's, tr- it's true, though, isn't it's it? It's true.
1: Listen, we don't just get complaints from people that are unhappy with some kind of service aspect or experience that they've had. We get complaints from people like what you've yourself, like what you've just said that have been sat next to somebody that is giving, you know, creating a shit time for everyone else because they're being a dick. Um, It is just, (laughs) it is part of it. Um, I mean, I was saying something funny on social media the other day because somebody went into one of the restaurants and, um, a few bottles of wine had been drunk and, um, don't worry we're not going dark on this one. This one's, I find this one pretty funny. Okay, good. Um, and, um, few bottles of wine had been drunk. Um, and actually we've got the night on CCTV in the restaurants. We've been able to look at the table and actually it was very light that night. Um, if anything, I, if I'd have seen that night and walked in on that night, I'd have said to whoever the manager was on, I would have said, Oh, is there any chance we can just dim the lights a because it's very bright in here tonight. So we could definitely see everything. And, um, a lady um, got in touch after her evening in that restaurant and she has complained and, and threatened us as a business and me with not only going to see her solicitor but with making it public that while she was in the restaurant, um, she drank one of the candles <laughs> instead, of her, <laughs> instead of her glass of wine and holds us fully responsible and wants to know, you know, you know why we why we let it happen and what we're gonna do about it, and essentially what compensation she's gonna get. Oh my god. Craig, this is normal. This is normal.
0: That's far from normal, normal. Gary. This
1: kind of stuff is normal. This happens. This kind of stuff is part of restaurants. Um that's one of the light-hearted ones. I mean, you know.
0: I'm sure she's not thinking it's light-hearted, to be honest. But she's yeah, going for I think it. we've
1: dealt with it pretty well, to be honest, because right. we've explained the situation in in total reality of what's happened, and you know, um, we've ex- we've explained how the how the night's gone and exactly what's happened, and showed, you know, and told you know, so we've we've dealt with it pretty well. Yeah. But these these types of things, and I, this that to me, Craig, that's one of the funnier things that. A part of complaints but some of them aren't as funny no you know, certainly some, not. some of them are harassment and some of them are abuse but um there's no point going down that actually because 99 percent of the people that come into our restaurants are fucking amazing mm. and you can see that by the by just the loyalty that we have with things like crowdfunding we've got such a loyal following that um <laughs> it's overwhelming how much it helps us as a business yeah of course
0: yeah no i mean i must admit i had Sunday lunch over at that table over there a couple of months ago and it was very nice and oh. the people around were very grateful to be yeah. back. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, for sure. Having a Sunday roast somewhere. Definitely. It's definitely. Talking about crowdfunding, Gary, what is there anything in the pipeline? Anything next? What's going to be happening? So I, 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 I may have heard a rumour. <laughs> so
1: um I am. I have. I have viewed a pub.
0: (laughs) I fucking knew it.
1: (laughs) So I've. I've. Look, before I go off on a tangent about the about what could potentially be exciting plans for the future, let me just say that the forefront of what we have to do now is is look after the businesses that we've already got. Sure. And I don't want it to sound like I ever don't take that I take that kind of thing for granted. That you know, because there could be opportunities for us to expand we don't just move on without consideration for what we're already doing making sure what we already do is good enough so we our priority is the restaurants that we that we already have and the events business that is opening now and we're going to be doing lots of weddings next year so that's the priority but But having said that (laughs) craig (laughs) disclaimer yeah having said that i yeah i viewed a pub few times now um i had a viewing for it again this week but the viewing was cancelled because they couldn't get the keys for a part of it that i that i've requested on the last three times so i'm i'm sorry that was last week so i'm viewing it again this week um and it's an amazing old pub um it's empty at the moment the building's fucking gorgeous it's got enough park car parking spaces it's got a beautiful bar it's got it's got everything craig
0: I'll be there, I'll be there when you open the doors. Gary Osher, always, always a pleasure to see you. Thanks so much for coming on and have a lovely Christmas, my friend. Thank you, (laughs) Craig. another episode is done that was season nine episode eight of the two shot podcast i've got to start learning how to do that i'm quite enjoying it actually already it feels kind of nice the fact that since 2017 we've been rolling out all these episodes but i think it's nice to put them into seasons that was season nine episode eight what did i tell you Gary Usher back, firing on all cylinders. is such a joy to sit down and talk to. Um, I really hope you enjoyed it. And I'm so pleased you're back. Um, So what can I tell you about episode nine next week? Well, I can tell you that we are carrying on a culinary theme. And I go to the house of a man, a chef, who, instead of uh, renting out uh, a large restaurant on a high street or in a little hamlet, he cooks for people in his kitchen, in his house, for a very small number of people. His name is Eddie Shepherd. You're going to get to know him next week. It's a brilliant lesson. So, until next week, I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff, and welcome back. This is the Two Shot Podcast. Take care. I'll see you next week. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers.